Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Dr. Heather Norman Burdoff, Extension Specialist for Nutrition and Health. Welcome, Heather. Thanks for having me. Today's topic, using herbs and spices. And when when you sat down, I said, ooh, herbs and spices. I don't know a lot, <laughs> but I can get all my questions answered. And you kind of like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what, what have I done? But really, you know, so because we've talked a lot before, and those folks that listen often know that we often talk about, you know, cooking or preparing dinner or fixing meals that the mm-hmm. kids will eat. And herbs and spices are a big part of cooking. And we do prioritize at home homemade meals and cooking at home. Mm-hmm. But I'm not that adventuresome of a chef. So I have a few herbs and spices that I use. And that's but, good. But yep. not a lot. <laughs> so today I hope to learn more. Um, let's just start by, in general, what are the benefits of cooking with herbs and spices? So I do think that people are really going to like this topic because you read something and it's like, Use herbs and spices instead of other things to add flavor. But then everyone, but, me, Heather, but yeah. everyone's like, but how? Like, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. You just can't use them. Which ones? How often? Some of those types of things. But it is true. They really do allow you to build flavor in a meal or in a dish without having to add a lot of uh, extra salt or even sugar and saturated fat, you know, because we talk to people who say, I only know how to season a dish with salt or butter. And that's that's fine, but we really want to be able to open up your world to a lot of new flavors, um, and herbs and spices can do that. They have very few calories, which is great because, you know, if we're not having to add extra sugar or fat, there's less than 10 calories per teaspoon in a lot of these um, herbs and spices. Like, for example, a teaspoon of cinnamon, I think, is only six calories. So and a teaspoon yeah. of cinnamon goes a pretty oh, long way. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. That's... That can add a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. And there are some human studies that are starting to show that herbs and spices may protect against inflammation, but really we need more studies to kind of tell us you know, how much or how often of specific ones in order to see those health benefits. But overall, if you're using herbs and spices, you're, that means you're more f- frequently cooking probably at home. And we know that just cooking meals at home really does have a positive effect on your diet. They're, usually those meals are overall healthier with more whole grains, fruits and vegetables and things like that. So really they may help you improve your diet quality, which we know has really positive health effects overall. I think sometimes I'm reluctant to use at least new herbs and spices because I really don't understand how or what form they should be used in. Can you talk a little bit about whole versus ground? Yeah, so that's a great question. A lot of people have this. So specifically with spices, you know, do I purchase the whole form or do I purchase the ground spice? Neither is better than the other. So I'll just throw that out there, right? So neither whole nor ground are better than the other. It really depends on how they're going to be used and convenience. So most recipes actually call for a ground spice. Um, And this is helpful because maybe grinding a spice at home requires some kitchen utensils 
utensil you don't right. have. I mean, that's exactly the picture that just yeah. popped in my head. So you don't have yeah, to see yeah. on cooking so shows. You, you don't have that at home. That's fine. That's one of the reasons that um, that's provided to you as a convenience in the grocery store. And if you do use a whole spice, which may be a cinnamon stick, uh, they take longer to infuse flavor. So just kind of keep that in mind. If you want to add flavor quicker, you want to use a ground spice. Now, something to keep in mind also is that ground spices may tend to lose their flavor over time. So if you want the most fresh, potent taste when it comes to using some of these spices, you would grind it at home and then immediately use it. But you don't have to do that. Purchasing a ground spice at the grocery store is perfectly fine and is a great addition to your pantry. Yeah, because I I don't know that I can switch to whole like and we, simplification is yep. important we for just me, want so. you to cook at home that's that's where we're <laughs> right. starting at i don't want you to have to feel like you have to grind your own spices <laughs> okay so now let's talk about fresh versus dried and i think this is probably really true with herbs yes but i have a good friend that she's all about her herb garden and mm-hmm. she has all these fresh yep. herbs and really and truly sometimes i feel inferior in my herb game no because because I'm not a fresh herb nope. kind of girl. You're good. With my window seal garden at home. You, you're totally fine. And this question does come up a lot because herbs are so commonly grown in gardens at home. But really, neither is better than the other. If you have fresh herbs at home, you could dry them yourself. And, you know, we have resources and publications at the Extension Office to kind of teach you how to do that. What determines fresh versus dried is how you want to use it. Okay, so a lot of times dried herbs, they're going to last longer, obviously, storage in your pantry. You know, they probably are going to last one to two years in a jar in your pantry in a a dark cabinet. They're going to have a stronger flavor and they're more concentrated in flavor. And they may need to be added to your dish earlier in the cooking process to allow time for those herbs to the flavor to come out. Um, If you're going to use a fresh herb, it's most likely going to be added towards the end of the cooking process or it's going to be a garnish. So dried basil, for example, you may add that early on if you're making pasta sauce, or you could add fresh basil at the end as more of a garnish. So that's an example of how you would use them differently. So I know that sometimes I'll read recipes and it'll say exactly that, add fresh basil. Yeah. If it does not specifically state fresh or dried, do we make the assumption that it's a dried? I would, because that is probably going to be more common in the pantry. And you can substitute the two. So maybe if you uh, it calls for fresh, but you only have dried, you may be able to substitute the two. There's kind of a rule that if it calls for fresh, then you can substitute one-third the amount of the dried. So for example, each teaspoon of dried is equal to a tablespoon of fresh. That's a little trick my mom taught me yeah. because Fresh herbs is not something that I typically have yeah, at right. home, and so I, I have learned how how to substitute. Yep. In thinking about my spice cabinet at home, how long are those spices good that I have in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, they are going to have a best by date, and that's probably going to give you an idea of when their flavor might be the best. But really, they're going to last for up to a couple years in your pantry if it's kept in a dark, cool cabinet. You should be fine. Because sometimes, you know, you've got some odd spices that maybe you just bought for one recipe. Right. And you just don't go through it very quickly. And I really just don't know how so, long to keep those. you know, it might be nice every year, say maybe in January, um, you're 
fresh start to the year. Check your dates on all of your herbs and spices, as well as your condiments in your fridge door. Yeah, I'm just throwing that out tip. there. Yeah. So you, those kind of just linger in there. It's not related to herbs and spices, but I'm just throwing out a food I safety tip I do always check there. my mayonnaise before I yep. set it out. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Every time. Yep. There you go. So now this is a question that I'm going to ask for my husband because he predominantly does most of our grocery shopping. I'll make our list and then he actually goes to the store and purchases it. And so sometimes if I have an herb or spice on there, he'll call and he'll say these prices are kind of all over the Mm -hmm. place. And you can find even, you know, use something simple like garlic powder, for an example, you can find it super cheap or a super expensive version Mm -hmm. of it. Is there any difference between those products? So there's no simple answer for this question because it's very common. Like, what's the difference between the lower and highest price product? Why is there has to be a difference, right? So sometimes the difference in cost is related to the quality of the product. But that may not also necessarily be the case because it's really difficult for us to be able to open it up in the store and smell it and look at the color and see if it's visually appealing or has the aroma that we want. So what I would say is if you are learning how to use herbs and spices or you are interested in maybe trying a, a new one or trying a new flavor, I would suggest purchasing towards a cheaper version so you don't waste a lot of money, especially if you don't end up liking it very much. And then if you really like it, then over time you can start to invest in a larger amount of that. So that would cost more or purchase the higher price product to really see if there's a quality difference. So maybe just kind of test the waters a little bit before you dive in and invest a lot of money in these guys. Another thing that's going to automatically increase the cost is if it's labeled as organic. So if it says that it's an organic herb or spice, it's going to certainly cost more, if not two to three times more. And just because it is organic, Organic doesn't necessarily mean that it'll be better quality or have a higher nutritional value. So kind of just keep that in mind. Okay. All all good things to think about. As we wrap up today, kind of the the last question I I have for you is Mm -hmm. what are the kind of the staple herbs and and spices that individuals should have in their pantry at home? So I think it would be awesome if maybe each month. So, you know, if you're working on a budget with with your food dollars, maybe if each month you could try to add a new herb or spice to kind That's of build that cabinet so you're not buying them all at once. And but you're, you're also rotating those dates so not everything yes, expires at exactly, one time. Exactly. So as far as herbs go, I would really say starting with oregano, parsley, or thyme. So very, very common, right? These are most likely found in the dried form in almost every grocery store, I would say, across Kentucky. Oregano is most commonly used dried, so it's going to store longer in your pantry. And it really adds a deep savory flavor. And you can add it to salad dressing, soups, pizzas, pastas, and any vegetable dish. Parsley is probably one of the most versatile herbs out there. It's found in almost— I don't ever use parsley. As soon as you said that, I thought, what am I supposed to be using parsley for? Put it on your next grocery list. Okay. So really, it's found in almost every single herb and seasoning blend. If you look at the ingredients for some type of, like, the canisters or jars of any, like, Italian seasoning Mm -hmm. or something like that, it's going to be in there. And it really can go—there's no limit. It can go with all vegetables and meats. And then thyme goes well with both oregano and parsley. So, you know, you could use that one to complement a pasta sauce or um, pizza sauce, any type of meat, poultry, fish, vegetables. Again, don't feel like you have to limit what herb you use with different foods. You can just experiment. You can try it out. 
We definitely use a lot of oregano and a lot of thyme, but I'm going to branch right. out. Yeah, parsley great. now. Okay. What about for spices? Okay. So I would recommend cinnamon, cumin, and paprika. All right. So I would assume a lot of people probably have cinnamon on hand, um, and and we usually think of this when it comes to desserts. You know baked goods, and I love putting it in oatmeal, it really can add the perception of sweetness to foods instead of having to add more sugar. Kids tend to love yes. cinnamon. So, you know, I purchase unsweetened applesauce for my son, and I'll usually put cinnamon in it just to add a little flavor. But really, it can be a lot more vers- versatile than we think because a lot of other cultures actually use it to add depth of flavor to even meats and savory foods like soups and chilies. So it kind of has that warming note to it that can add a lot of flavor. So just kind of think outside the box. Cumin has a really bold taste, and it's commonly found in chili and taco seasonings. That's where you'll see it the most. But again, you don't have to limit yourself to that because it can add a lot of flavor and depth to soups, stews, even rice and beans and meat and poultry dishes. And then lastly is paprika, and it's probably one of the most versatile spices. You can find it in anything, soup, stews, seafood, meat, pastas, even egg dishes. And it even adds great color to foods to kind of make them more visually appealing, too. So you can garnish with paprika as well. We definitely use a lot of cumin and paprika as well, Mm -hmm. probably more cumin than I do anything else. It seems I don't have to worry about that one expiring inside my my spice rack because we use that one a lot. It makes a grocery list a lot. I know that you have a a publication that was just recently released on using herbs and spices. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how to access it? Yeah, I encourage you to visit your local county extension office. There's a, a new series of publications that were just published. There's one specifically about herbs, one about spices, and then also, which we didn't talk about today, how to cook with different oils and vinegars. So really just thinking about ways to add flavor to foods with items that keep and last in your pantry. That sounds like a future uh, podcast topic uh, yes, as well, I think you're oils right. and vinegars. <laughs> Thanks so much, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.